0: Hello, and welcome to week six of Star Trek Sundays, now in the Star Trek Sundays Club. Today we're going to be discussing loyalty and betrayal. I'm Victoria, and with me is my co-host, T. At the top of the room, we have pinned the Star Trek Sundays website, StarTrekSundays.com. There you'll find my captain's log, which is a brief summary of the topic discussed by the group each week, as well as our upcoming missions, which will include future topics and the episodes covering the specific themes, uh, including today's, if you want to follow along. Thank you, T, for curating a collection of episodes for us to revisit. Star Trek Sundays is a passion project for T and me and forms part of a new podcast and YouTube channel. I really enjoyed this week's homework and have a lot of questions for you, T, as well as anybody who comes up on stage. We're going to start the room with a little conversation between T and me, a little summary of some of the episodes, and then we'll be inviting everybody up to uh, participate. So, T, over to you. Thank you very much.
1: Um, The topic of loyalty and betrayal is put on display in just about... Every single movie and episode, the Starfleet demanded of demanded it of every enlisted personnel. The Klingons made a religion out of it, and the Ferengi will try and buy your loyalty and then betray you and sell it to the next highest bidder. So when we have betrayal in our lives, it really hurts because it's a broken trust bond. Uh, when I was rewatching these episodes with this in mind, I thought it was interesting to really pay attention to what the sign what signs were present when people were betraying others, and how they acted when they were being loyal. So today, I hope to have a really great conversation about these characters, and how they reacted in these tough situations, and what we might learn from it in our lives.
0: Agreed, I love that, because that's that's what these conversations are about. They always turn into how we, we see these themes uh, show up in our lives so um, this is star trek sundays on clubhouse and we're discussing loyalty of betrayal and i'll bring people up on the stage to share your thoughts in just a few minutes t let's start with data's day can you provide a summary of the episode to remind those who didn't get a chance to review it uh what it was about and what we saw in it and then i have a couple of questions for you about that episode
1: yeah definitely data's day from star trek the next generation season four episode 11. It first aired on the 7th of January in 1991. Um, In this episode, Data records a day in his life for Commander Bruce Maddox in a sort of vlog of his own, Um, but we're sort of watching it, so so it turns into a a vlog, if you will. Um, And this includes the observations on Chief O'Brien's wedding and the mysteries of the Vulcan ambassador who apparently dies in a transporter accident. Now, I chose this episode because Data documents his observations and reasonings when the Vulcan ambassador ends up being a Romulan spy and how he notices that things seem off, but excuses it anyway. That and, of course, watching Data and Beverly Crusher tap dance was absolutely comedy gold. The scene went on for like seven or eight minutes, and I absolutely loved the fact that this was the actor's, you know, uh putting their their skills on display
0: thanks yeah i i really really um i i loved those bits with data about data's day um it just it it really amplified the sweetness of the character of innocence and such and and i hope we get to explore uh data and that kind of learning again in the future the tap dancing was incredible as well um but about the betrayal, um, this this was interesting because you know I kind of kind of felt it. It wasn't a, a, some big secret, um, but of course, Data doesn't initially detect the betrayal because he assumes the ambassador is Vulcan and Vulcans can't lie. So the first question, and I'll I'll put this to you, and you can answer it, and then we'll bring everybody up to um, to answer it themselves. Is would the inability to lie, help you or hurt you—that's the inability to lie.
1: Yeah, like in 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 a what was that that movie with Jim Carrey where he couldn't lie. Um, I, I think ultimately it would help me uh, because it's one of those things where. I don't think lying is something is a tool that I want to use. I don't think it's one of the things that I should, that I need in my vocabulary. And if I didn't have the ability to do it, it would ultimately help my uh, help me achieve my goals. Even if there were certain things that it it put out of reach for me, right? And that's you know that that's why I would consider it something that would ultimately be a good thing. And, and it's hard because sometimes there's, there's that tendency, there's that, 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 you know, that want to tell that little white lie, or, you know, that, that tiny, you know, that, that, you know, uh, the lie to hide a Christmas present, or, or, or something like that, you know, and yet, I think I would give that up, because it would be, you know, uh, it would be, a, it would be, you know, beneficial to me to, to not be able to, to be deceptive in that way in, in any relationship, um, I, I think it would. I think it would ultimately make me a better person.
0: Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I think, I think in some ways, yes. Um, but I wonder about the little, the little lies that we tell, whether they. We'll have to discuss this a little bit more as we get on, because sometimes it's not just the little um, lies about, say, um, like a Christmas present, but about how we feel about something, right? Like maybe I'm hurt, but I also know that my hurt isn't from what somebody said. It's from previous traumas, right? And so I know that I'm just uh, reacting in a way that isn't um, the way I think it is reasonable with the person who I'm dealing with at this moment, right? And so if they say, oh, you look really hurt, I mean, maybe it isn't a lie if you say, well, I I feel that, but I know I shouldn't because of it's just some past stuff. I, I don't know. Um, so I just want to welcome uh, everybody to the stage, uh, Piper, the director, and Steve. Um, Piper, what do you think? Would the inability to lie help you or hurt you?
2: Um, I think it would probably hurt me because I think, uh, I think there are actually situations where I have a moral responsibility to lie. Um, and of course there are situations where for my own well being, I would need to lie. So I think it would hurt me or even just not even, not even just those considerations, but also like, uh, sometimes, sometimes white lies to keep things private you know, become needed in some way. So yeah, they would hurt me.
1: Yeah. So, so the term is, is radical honesty. And, um, and, you know, th- those who are in relationships with people who practice radical honesty, definitely have that problem. And I think that that, that type of radical honesty is put um, on display in uh, strange new worlds with Spock and his relationship. So, Um, Maybe that'll be a a different topic, like, you know, radical honesty in and of itself, right? Um, Very, very interesting. You know, I think that there's, you know, definitely, there's definitely times where that's going to hurt me too. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to say that I'm going to, I'm willing to give that up, right? Because I think it would, you know, ultimately help me to do things better. But, you know, that would be the hit that I would take right? That would be the, the price I would pay.
0: Yeah, radical honesty. Well, that's, that's a little, uh, that's a big discussion. Because when you put it that way, like, hmm, because I don't want to be lied to, but sometimes I think maybe I don't want radical honesty. (laughs) So, um, but thank you for that, Piper. I appreciate that. Um, The director, uh, what do you think? Would the inability to lie help you or hurt you if you were a Vulcan?
3: Well, um, I can't answer for a Vulcan, but I can answer for my own life experience. and. <clears throat> what I love about uh, th- there's the sect of the Romulans that uh in the new Picard series uh where they practice radical honesty on Romulus uh and you know they are warriors and they pledge themselves to a lost cause because the idea is that um you commit to something that is going to cost you everything because you truly are a zealot in belief of that cause, right? Um, to be a, a per- I have attempted to practice radical honesty most of my life, um, inspired by experience, you know, watching Star Trek and just also understanding my own interactions with the people in the world. Um, and radical honesty is difficult to, to, to constantly be committed to it it exacts a horrible toll on us uh, at, that practice it because you say things that people find un. well when you remove other people's masks, they don't like it and when you remove your mask and you're and you're radically honest internally, um you can cause yourself a great deal of of pain because you understand your, your brightest thoughts and your darkest thoughts. And so if you wanna be received as honey and light, um, the truth is you know that you are also sour and 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 have some darkness in you. Um, so it's a difficult balance. And then what we learn is that the radical honesty expected out of that Balkan in this episode is a cloak for the Romulan subterfuge. Uh, the the radical honesty is a way for you to tell the greater lie that you are always honest, right? And if you're always honest, then when you tell a lie, people accept it. Um, and that is what Data is experiencing because Data is a strictly input output individual, and Data is attempting to. Um, uh live a biologically defined beingness even though he or it rather uh is something else and data defines himself as a he i believe but um data would not be a he uh because he is one until there's lore but lore is also a male they can't reproduce so You know, um, and then in later in Picard, when it's his daughter, right, that exists, um, she is also not a she. She is an it as well, but a more advanced version uh, that also sees themselves as a gender. You know, it's strange to me that these um, devices would see themselves as having some kind of gender. Um, and the question is, is do they see that gender or do they want the interaction from the world around them as that gender? I I don't know these, you know, that's the amazing questions that you can get out of Star Trek because you're allowed to ask these questions of these fictional characters that, you know, we see walking around in our daily lives, especially now. Um, But our way into understanding those people, I I think is through these fictional characters that, but those fictional characters were written by human beings that had experiences and were walking around and trying to find ways to create language to explain their experience. Not unlike data. Um, Yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's just the trip my mind took. On this, because of what has already been laid out, so I will land my plane and and listen to
1: others. Well, I think that the director brings up a number of really great points, but I think one point was really interesting about what you said about um, the nature of of you know good good deception. Um, and I always like sort of like envisioned like you know the the character of the devil being, you know, if the, if the character is the greatest liar, the greatest deceiver, then what that would effectively mean is that he tells the truth, like, basically all the time. Like, every single time he says something, he's it's going to be the truth, except for the one tiny little itty-bitty lie that's going to be the deception that's going to, you know, move you in the direction and because he is always telling the truth right you're not going to check everything that he says because he's always telling the truth and then the one time that he sneaks in that tiny lie that moves you in the direction that he wants to move you in that's how he's going to that's going to that's how he's going to be the greatest deceiver he's not going to go around telling lies all the time he's going to go around telling the truth all the time and that one little tiny deception is how that is how good deception works right may i
3: respond
0: oh yes absolutely the director go ahead please
3: well the you have exactly hit the nail uh, on the head as, as they say. Um, good deception requires truth near 100% of the time until the last moment that you need the lie. Um, it's it's the, the way trust works. Because once trust is broken, you, you can mend it, right? You, you can rebuild it. I guess it takes a lot of work to rebuild trust that that was lost once. Um, It's a it's a mountainous task. So the question always comes down to where does the trust um, need to be questioned? Where does it does if they tell you the truth until that one lie, then there is nothing possible. That you can see other than truth. And then the lie that comes in is because you've been put to sleep in your trust instead of constantly verifying the devil. Like that's always the case. Like the way we get caught is we're wary. Then our wariness wears down over time because trust builds up. And then once we've achieved a certain level of trust, we stop error correcting. I've been experiencing this myself. You know, that's the dangerous thing of we are talking to these bubble circles on our glass devices. Um, I have no idea who you people are or if you're not a bot or if you're not my own recorded voice played back for me conveniently by some manipulator. I have no idea what any of those possibilities are. I don't, I don't know really anything about you, but what I can learn from you, and then I have to decide when you aren't trustworthy. And hopefully I can do that before you lie to me, but then I leave a whole lot of truth uh, on the table if I walk away in distrust, you know? And and so are, is truth the highest value or is not being duped the highest value? I, I have a long history myself of not being able to trust others or myself. And then I have to re-engage my naivete um, again with new people because every person I meet isn't the last person that hurt me. Every person I meet is not the betrayer that I expect um people to be and and how do we decipher that how do we feel that we we all understand authenticity uh, until the moment that authenticity is broken with a piece of information that doesn't match our understanding of the model of the person in front of us most of the time we assume things about people instead of knowing things about people i don't know that would that's just my response to t that as you know the cia i'm sure would tell you the nsa any of them um you know the best way to hide something is right out in plain sight
0: right yeah the director um yeah i always love your contributions and um i i don't want to go too far from the question Uh, of would the inability to lie help you or hurt you? Because I think that there are people on stage who probably want to answer that. However, you have led beautifully into the second episode that we watched, and I'd like to kind of link those together, um, and then uh, we can discuss that, as well as this inability to lie. Um, So uh, if anybody came up on the stage to um, answer that question, we will get to that, but this was a beautiful transition into The Defector. Uh, I'll welcome uh, Sean, Charlotte, and Christy to the stage. So we now have Piper, the director, Steve, Lasha, Sean, Charlotte, Christy, this is great. Tea, it, it, do you think it's a good time to go into the director? And and if so, can you give us a, a summary of that? Because I think that goes to what the director was saying. I, I think I said defector, not director. And, <laughs> um, and then because my questions there, I think uh, really link to that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's a great idea. Um, the Defector, The Next Generation, season three, episode 10 first aired on the 1st of January in 1990, so the year before. Um, In this episode, the Enterprise grants asylum to a defector from from the Romulan Empire who claims to have vital information concerning a renewed Romulan offensive against the Federation. Now, I chose this episode because the Romulan defector betrays his kind, because he believes he's following his principles, but in the end, it's he who is betrayed. And the whole thing was actually a trap for the Enterprise and to expose him as a traitor. Effectively, the Romulans set him up, and he fell into the Romulan trap, and so did Picard.
0: Yeah, this was, um, you know, (laughs) I watched Data's Day, which while there was a betrayal, um, it was uh, light in many ways. Uh, And and perhaps even later, we can get to talking about um, the wedding and some of the funny little um, uh, bits of interaction that happened with the wedding. But this one, the defector, man, this was heavy. And, um, you know, when the Romulan realized he was betrayed, he laments, "I did it for nothing. My home, my family, for nothing." And it was really uh, quite a twist, and um, and I was surprised by this. Um, but as as you have said before, um, you know, it should it it this is what the Romulans do? They they were sticking to their own principles, and I'd like to get to that uh, in a minute as well. But you know, I struggle with the idea of loyalty. So is loyalty really a good thing? Or can we rise above situations where we can be betrayed by not embracing the concept? And, uh, and this is the question that I had ready and, and then the director was talking about this. So maybe T can answer this uh, question and then we can uh, get Steve and Lasha and Sean uh, answering uh, this next portion as well.
1: I think it is effectively a very primitive tool. You know i i I see it as like you know one of those things that we developed it as a concept and and it's worked well in certain situations uh for a time and there's you know places where where you know loyalty really isn't um the 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 best way of looking at this right and even trust isn't the best way of looking at it right i don't want to be loyal to uh, my bank, right? And yet I have to have trust in them and, and you know, be uh, or be loyal to my, be loyal to the dollar. And yet that's what I hold in my pocket. Um, and there's so, like, there's, there's, there's a, a desire for me to sort of move away from this idea of, you know, loyalty to something, right? Because I don't think that that's really um, a good thing, right? You can have. Uh, you can have commitment without loyalty. You can have um, trust without loyalty. You can have good relationships um, without uh, this concept of, of loyalty because um, all of these other things are, are built or, built in um, to effectively describe what we're talking about here such that, you know, I would never cheat on my girlfriend. I would never, you know, do anything that would be considered... Disloyal, but it's one of those things where, uh, when 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 I when I say that I'm loyal, that's conditional. If she you know starts cheating on me, that's the end of the relationship. It's not like that. There's some, you know, there's some like you know underlying like just loyalty there. No, it's it's one of the situations where it's conditional. There's trust. There's there's uh. There's understandings, there's, you know, uh, agreements, and and so long as the agreements are kept, uh, this is the the situation that we find ourselves in. So I think that that we can sort of do away with this idea of loyalty. I don't think it's, it's really as good as we think it is. I don't think I would want to be loyal in any way to something uh, I think I'd rather have an agreement or a commitment or a bond or an understanding or a relationship.
0: Thank you, T. I, I, I agree. I, I Just my little bit is, yeah, I think there's always conditions to everything. So uh, welcome to the stage, Steve. And so I would invite you to answer the question, is loyalty a good thing and, and give your contribution on that?
2: Sure. Um, so, yeah, I think there's an interesting dis- distinction that T touched upon there of uh, loyalty that is felt versus like loyalty that is reasoned right and i think of like um i think in most cases i am much more comfortable kind of like what t said like loyalty that is reasoned like as long as i know you're doing what's good for you and i know what that is uh then i feel comfortable and i can trust you to be predictable from my vantage point um so that i can you know work with you um but then there's uh, some contexts of like, well, what's the breaking point in that? What would be a condition that could break that loyalty? Um, and I would compare it to like a loyalty, like with my wife, um, with her, I would say that's a loyalty that is felt, although uh, I'd say it's much more rationalized than most people make of their relationships. For me, it's, it's a matter of my dignity is attached to the very promise you know, that I wouldn't cheat on her. It's, I, I would feel like a piece of shit, and that's why I don't do it. Uh, in a way, you could even say that's still reasoned. Um, but yeah, I would say loyalty is effectively useful in that it allows people to predict each other, and we can utilize cooperative cohesiveness that way. I think that's what makes loyalty a good thing. Um, but it is much better reasoned, I think, ultimately. If people can really know why they have every reason to be loyal and we can keep each other in check.
0: Yeah, that it's, it's interesting. Your um, sort of interpretation of that, because that, that sounds like a commitment to me, Steve. Um, whereas loyalty in some way, there's this feeling of um, like, if I was loyal that loyalty would include more than just this commitment to not cheat. That just sort of seems a given. Maybe it's not for everybody, but it is for me in relationships. But like, um, if somebody's loyal to their spouse, then anything I say to them, I should know that because they're loyal to their spouse, it could go to their spouse where I think, well, wait a second, you have a commitment to me and my secrets. So sometimes I get, I get a little confused with that um, or or discombobulated but um, I, I won't I won't harp on that. Uh, I do want to include uh, other people uh, and their uh, opinions as well. So Lasha, welcome to the stage of Star Trek Sundays and we're talking about loyalty and betrayal and what we're talking about now is is loyalty a good thing? what what do you think about that?
4: I believe that loyalty is a great thing, but I believe that blind loyalty is dangerous. Um, I you know, I don't, I believe uh, with un- unconditional love, it takes a certain amount of time, I'm sorry, my air conditioners are really loud, by the way. Um, I believe that unconditional love is one of those things that takes a while to um, cultivate. Uh, we talk about you know, how much we have love for our families and things like that, like I love my brothers and, and my mom and my dad, but only because we've <laughs> known each other my entire life Um, i'm loyal to them because we're blood related but if i had to choose i probably wouldn't be loyal to them just because of the kind of personalities they are which is one of the reasons why i don't believe that a person should be loyal blindly but i do believe that loyalty is extremely important i think it's not even necessarily maybe loyalty it's the honesty portion of it and that's why i came up originally was to To answer that first question about blind honest I mean about honesty Um, I need that I want it I don't care there's a way to tactfully do it Um, but I'd rather have that than to be lied to because once I know that you are always going to be honest with me you're always going to tell me the truth you're never going to try and deceive me unintentionally and I think also deception is not necessarily good or bad it's just what you do with it but yeah, I, I think what you do with it is the, the the main issue. But in order for me to be loyal, I need to know that you are going to be honest with me and that I can either agree with, reconcile the the, the stance and, um, and find some sort of value in that.
0: Oh, thank you for that. Um, what I'm hearing is that you want the um, uh, other people to be honest Uh, to you, and we had talked about radical honesty, the question was, would the inability to lie help you or hurt you? So uh, do you want to answer that directly? So if you could not lie, is that a help or a hindrance to you?
4: I think that's a help. And I think it's also subjective. Um, I believe it's definitely in the the person that you are saying to how you say it to them. I think that's why I thought I brought about the word um, tact because there is a way to be brutally honest with someone and still be respectful and deliver that information without intentionally hurting their feelings. You know, I know that Spock was just a, I'm gonna tell you how it is kind of guy, but like, oh, and rest in peace, Michelle Nichols, by the way. Um, (laughs) um, But I I think that um, it would be, I think it would be helpful. Uh, And I also think think it's uh, in the, the eye of the beholder, the one who's getting it. How you deliver it.
0: Thanks, Lash. I appreciate that. Um, I'm I'm glad that you brought up brutal honesty because I've always said to people when they say, Oh, I'm just brutally honest, um, I, I've said, Well, you can be extremely honest, but you don't have to be brutal. And that just stops them in their tracks. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's ways of doing it and and um And I know that when I'm in uh, relationships, partnerships, friendships, um, even acquaintanceships with people who um, mean well and tell me the truth, um, it always uh, goes much better than, uh, you know, kind of sneaking around the topic to save my feelings. Um, If you just know that somebody cares for you and that the truth is what's gonna propel you forward. That's always just awesome. So I appreciate that. Um, So we've got data's day and the defector and we've got three more people on stage too. So the the questions uh, that we're putting out are, would the inability to lie help you or hurt you? And is loyalty a good thing? So uh, Sean, Charlotte and Christy, um, Sean, do you have any comments or do you wanna answer those questions?
5: Yeah. Thank you. Um, I like your topic. Loyalty and betrayal seems to be my uh, late, um, clubhouse experience. So those two words are important to me. Um, I am still back on data's day. Um, although I, I, you know, I've seen all three of these episodes. I do remember them. Um, I thought the actor that played the defector was uh, very good and was likable character even. Um, I think that I've always been very adverse to lying. Um, When I was a small child, I had a friend, and he told me that he had a spaceship. And this was when I was probably, I don't know, seven or eight, six, something like that, very young. And I believed him. And he just would say more and more things about the spaceship. and, and, And I thought, wow, this is going to be great because even back at that Time I wanted to go into space and be an astronaut, and you know, it always was interesting. And then I was extremely disillusioned when I found out his spaceship was climbing up into the tree in front of his house, and that's all it involved. The rest was pure imagination, and I had been counting on it. And so I think that put a little distrust for people that lie to me, and I realized what lying was maybe for the first time. And I thought it was a very bad thing. And that's why it was so onerous for me to have to deal with a president that nearly lied every day to the American people. It just really got under my skin. And um, so I think if you're, I think there's a difference between being totally honest and possibly not being totally honest, but yet not lying. Um, I've always tried to be honest but I've realized that sometimes honesty for the sake of the other person and for the sake of the situation means we don't be blatantly honest. Some things we don't reveal and we hide, uh, we don't volunteer, I should say. And so that can ease the situation and allow one to not be, um, you know to the point of where data just blatantly is so truthful that it causes problems with when dealing with humans and humans emotions and feelings so one can not lie and yet not tell the complete truth um you know and and i think that politicians that are high up in authority have to do this a lot they get briefed on military that's happening around the world they don't just, you know, go out to the American people and, and say everything that's going on, everything they know about what's going on all around the world, because that would just cause a lot of confusion and anger. And so they reveal what they need to reveal and no more. So I think um, being blatantly honest and revealing everything would be, be a detriment. And um, that's probably all I wanted to say. I'm, I'm still thinking about The Defector and the the third episode with um, Neelix. So thank you.
0: Great. Thanks for that, Sean. T, did you have anything to add at this point? No, not yet. Okay, great. Uh, so this is Star Trek Sundays, uh, and we're talking about loyalty and betrayal. Um, and we're talking about Would the inability to lie help you or hurt you and is loyalty a good thing? Uh, Charlotte,
6: do you have something to contribute today? Quite a bit actually so i've been narrowing it down in my mind The the time frame that we're talking about for these particular episodes um, You've heard me discuss this before I was on active duty in the united states navy And so the only way that I survived um, my career path was by lying Um, My dream, my hope, my intention at that time was to um, hopefully see a change in legislation so that I could serve and be gay while serving on active duty without causing any harm to myself or to my family, Uh, to my friends as well, my peers, the other people that I served with. are also gay so i said way back when um, that that i did not want to live a life where i couldn't tell the truth about myself and being loyal to myself um and and being honest about um my life Um, and and so as as time went on i was medically retired from the navy so uh once i was able to be honest about being gay i felt this Immense relief. I actually felt physically um, Healthier because my mind wasn't polluted with storytelling or trying to avoid Situations where my truth might be revealed and I I, it seems so ridiculous to live that way The way that I was living before where I couldn't be honest So that stuck with me and then I had this is going to sound extraordinary. I mean it I had the benefit of a very serious uh, concussion, a contrecoup concussion. Um, I had to learn the alphabet again. I, it was it was it was awful. Um, one of the painful benefits was the loss of short-term memory, and the, here's where the benefit well, here's where the benefit begins. I had to tell the truth about absolutely everything, every detail, just to be able to stay current with my environment and what was going on. It was the, the way that I was tracking information had to be precise, or so I believed at the time. And someone that I was in, um, uh, uh, I was at the VA and I was on what was called the flight deck. So it's for people with, with brain injuries and, and therapies and uh, recovering from that. And there was a woman in in one of our groups who said, you know, who's going to want me as an employee? Who's going to, you know, I said, who wouldn't want you? When was the last time that you lied? And she said, you know what? I can't lie because I can't keep track of it. My short term memory is shit and I can't keep track of it. And we sat there and we laughed about it. But I said, but I, I discovered a reality moment about that, that has stuck with me uh, uh, to this day is that how much it means to be able to live our authentic selves. Now, there are times when it's not appropriate to share. Uh, An example of that, just mention Santa Claus to a kid. I cannot get into that discussion. So it's not appropriate for me to comment at times. And I don't offer to children, you know, you better do this because Santa Claus is watching. No. It's more about learning that 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 child is depending on me and other human beings to share the world with them and to teach them. And so of course I don't want to lie to that child. I don't want to lie to anyone because I want to live my authentic self. So I narrowed it down as best I could. Um, Another wonderful moment in this room uh, where we learn some of life's best lessons and, and uh, we're learning it through Star Trek, so um, that's what I wanted to share, and I'm listening.
0: Thank you, Charlotte. Um, thank you so much for being vulnerable and, and being honest. I appreciate your contributions, as always. Um, you you make the, the space richer. Um, so we'll move on to Christy. Um, yeah, uh, we and welcome to the stage, Ryan. Good to see you again. Um, and uh, we're making some good time here uh, with the two things that, or the the three episodes we want to discuss. So I'll let uh, Christy and and Ryan talk about these two questions, and then we can move into investigations. Um, so, Christy, would the inability to lie help you or hurt you? And is loyalty a good thing?
7: <laughs> well, I am. Um... I am currently in a situation where I am, in my opinion, forced to lie and it is awful. I hate it because I am the kind of person who absolutely hates lying and I don't like it at all. Like I I totally um identify with Charlotte. Um but I'm in a a different situation but it's kind of (laughs) similar. And I am I am actually forced to lie and I don't like it. And I I know some people would say, you aren't forced, blah, blah, blah. But the repercussions are just too much for me. Um, if I was to be totally truthful about everything. And the interesting part to me is that since I always grew up with um, I always grew up with this hatred of lying. I I just think it's really interesting that I'm in this situation because it's like, huh, okay. So maybe lying isn't always such a bad thing, depending on the circumstances and like why you are being forced to lie or whatever that may be. And so it's been really interesting because I feel like I'm learning this (laughs) by trial by fire because I, I hate this situation, but this is, basically what I am being forced to do. And I can't go into obviously the reasons but um, so it's just very, very interesting. And um, I'm so sad, I think I missed the room last week. And I carefully watched all the episodes beforehand. So I could talk about them. (laughs) And I missed the room. And, and then I didn't know what these episodes were. So I missed those too. (laughs) Um, But Anyway, the other question was um, something about, I, I, I'm sorry, I lost the question.
0: Oh, no, that's okay. It, it, I really appreciate your share, Christy, about the, the lying, because it, it puts things into like real life terms and perspective, right? Uh, the second question uh, came from the defector, is loyalty really a good thing?
7: Oh, yeah, and I'm totally with you, Victoria. I think it was you who was saying that you struggle with it. I, and and when I think Sasha said that um, blind blind loyalty is not a good thing, and I totally agree with that because I totally disagree with blind loyalty. Um, and so I I I don't always think that loyalty is the best thing because um, I've seen too many times where it's been, but most of the time in those situations, it's been blind loyalty. So. That's how I feel about that. And I'll just pass the mic to someone else. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Christy, this is T. I wanted to let you know, um, first of all, first and foremost, thank you for your share. Um, you, you will always have a safe, a safe space on, on my stage and, and nobody's ever gonna tell you that you weren't forced. And I'm sorry for whatever situation you're in. And you know, ple- please know that, that we respect that and, and thank you very much for your share.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Christy. Um, Before we move to Ryan, the director, you uh, unmiked. Do you have a response for Christy?
3: Yeah. I just wanted to offer some supportive words for Christy. I have often, as a person that, uh, as I discussed earlier, who tries to practice radical honesty, I I do my best. Um, But I have also had clearances in the government. I have had... Uh, relationships with people where my loyalty was to the individual, but maybe I saw something they did um, that their spouse would not appreciate. Uh, you know, and I had to make a choice. Who who was my friend in that case is the individual that I was friends with my friend and is it my business to go tell his spouse what they were up to or no you know like I don't know how to sit with that nor if you find yourself in in a relationship with someone and they are with someone else at the same time I, I have personally have glided past such things, just because if I'm not 100% in with someone, then I'm not with them, and I'm not gonna be someone else's side piece, right? That's just the way I've kind of chosen things. But people find themselves for all kinds of reasons in compromising situations. So the question you will need to answer is, what are you getting out of your loyalty? Because loyalty is not blind faith. Loyalty is ride or die, right? But both of you have to be in that commitment. And that's the problem I think Victoria has with, uh, well, I don't want to speak for her. I, can't, I, I Forgive me, she can respond to me. But loyalty is about, I am choosing you and you are choosing me. And together we have an understanding about the rules of the road. But if I am loyal with a scorpion, I cannot be offended that a scorpion stings. Right? If I am undergoing a purpose that requires secrecy because not not because of something evil, dark or hidden, but because sometimes people don't need to know shit until you're ready to share it then that that's that's not lying that's you know the you i guess you could get into the argument of withholding information um is that lying i i would think it comes down to intent and that's intent is something you can never ascribe to someone else all you can do is discover it right so Uh, I feel your pain, Christy. I have been in that situation where I'm an honest person, and that's why people come to me. The people that come and be around me know me for my honesty. They know me for my kindness. They know me for my ability to see more than one side to a situation. But that doesn't mean everybody that comes to me is someone that I am loyal to. You know, I am loyal in the fact that I am consistently the same person with this person and that person. And the person that I let in to see my dark things, that person has a different relationship with me than the person that I meet on the street and I say hi to. You know, the person I meet on the street that I say hi to doesn't need to know my proclivities. Neither does the military. You know which I was a heterosexual male and I married a fellow sailor. So Charlotte understands that I in, was in a same-sex relationship as the Navy defines it, regardless of the genders involved in the sexual acts occurring. So we always get to define what parts of ourselves we give others. And that's it. I'll land my claim. Plenty more people that have wisdom to share, and thank you very much for letting me pontificate.
0: Oh well, thank you so much, the director. Uh, I mean, that's uh, uh, sort of part of the the passion project. Although we we love the themes of um, of Star Trek and watching the shows and and all of the the stuff that come along with this. Um, a lot of the reason that we have this this. Show this room, this podcast is so that we can um, contemplate these things and, and share our thoughts openly. So I really do appreciate um, your thoughts on that. Um, uh, we've Ryan's on the stage, so he's the last person uh, to join the stage. So I'll just ask him those questions uh, in Star Trek Sundays: Loyalty and Betrayal. Uh, and uh, I'll ask you the questions and then we'll move on to the show Investigations. Uh, So Ryan, would the inability to lie help you or hurt you? And is loyalty a good thing? That's an interesting
8: question. Um, So I I grew up with ADD and dyslexia. And folks that grow up with ADD have a habit of being very honest. So I grew up with that sense of like, not lying. Um, Except when it was convenient, like, oh, did you eat these cookies? No, 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 it wasn't me. Um, But if you asked me a question, I would answer it honestly. And that alienated me from a lot of people. Um, And so I had to learn how to lie in terms of social situations and when it was appropriate. And one of the things that taught me those things was watching data go through that struggle as well. Um, and a lot of neurodivergent people see data and see his struggle and go, oh, shit, that's me. That's, I relate to that. And so, you know, we, we lie, humans lie every day, uh, many times an hour, because we're social animals. And uh, so much of our lives depend on that social aspect going smoothly. And so someone will be like, well, hey, does, does this dress make me look fat? And you know, if they're overweight, factually, you can say, well, no, the dress doesn't make you look fat. You're just fat. But that's cruel. And so we say things like, no, 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 that's a that's a very that's a nice outfit. I like that outfit. Uh, or no, 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 it doesn't make you look fat. It makes it slimming, right? Um, where we have the intersection of like, this is my friend and I want them to feel good versus like, what are the facts on the ground? And for neurodivergent people, those, those decision makings can be difficult to be like, do I just say what's really on my mind or do I, do I sugarcoat it? Do I lie? Um, and one can say, well, that's not really a lie, but, but it is. And then when we get in our jobs, we're asked to lie yet again. I was in sales at Calumet photo. And I don't mind dragging them in the mud because fuck them. Um, they would ask us to lie in creative ways to sell people on extended warranties, on um, you know insurance plans for their camera gear. Uh, when in reality, it's just a money pit where we're going to try and find ways to not service you regardless of how much you paid up front um and sales in general and marketing in general is a kind of lie because they're attacking your emotions and your serotonin instead of giving you the facts of the product and letting you decide so we, we exist in a reality that's built upon many lies um, you know, Christopher Columbus, the foundation of the USA, that we're a democracy, that we're not an empire, that we don't subjugate people, right? All those things are lies, yet they're comforting lies that allow our civilization to continue without collapsing completely under the weight of its own wrongdoing. And as for loyalty, loyalty is always contingent right Uh, it's always based on whether or not this person is loyal to you and whether or not they're doing the right thing um and those are all built on other axioms right is it good to be loyal sure was it good to be loyal to hitler no is it good to be loyal to I don't know uh, the the values of the Red Cross yes is it is it loyal is it good to be loyal to your friends who've stuck with you through hard times yes is it good to be loyal to somebody who's abused and extorted money from you no so loyalty is contingent on on the other person as well and lying is something that we humans are taught cuz most children are pure and 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 honest and they figure out oh hey to survive in this reality i i have to be able to weave a story um so i'm Ryan I've landed
0: thanks Ryan i really appreciate that um yeah it's it's um give me a lot to think about. I, I will say that in my notes, I did write about neurodiversity um, because in, in both of both data's day and uh, the defector uh, data's lack of being able to read people uh, caused some issue. Right. And, um, and I kind of felt that. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you uh, commenting there and um And it did, when you just said now about weaving the story, uh, I was reminded, I remember one time when I was given some money to go to the store and I came back and um, my dad asked for the change. And I can't remember what I said. It, It was either I lost it or there wasn't any, or it was some pathetic thing for me to keep the dollar or whatever was left. And my dad said, well, I know you're lying. And I know that people are gonna lie and you're gonna learn how to lie, but don't insult me. If you had told me some grand story that it was at least interesting, I might've let you kept, keep the dollar. <laughs> and he was trying to get me to be creative about it. Um, but I, I wasn't a very good liar. My sister was a great liar. Um, and I know that children do lie. Uh, it's part of 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 their development even. And they can be really compulsive liars up until they're like six or seven years old. And then they'll just all of a sudden stop, because it's testing boundaries and stuff. And apparently they say that that kids at that age, young kids who lie are quite intelligent. Um, But it got me in trouble. I was the older one. So my sister would um, tell on me and she was always nice and sweet and cute and all this stuff. And I would be the one who would get in trouble. And I think that that started my life of hating liars and, and my inability to do it myself. So I appreciate you saying that. It's given me some reflection. Um, T, why don't we move on to investigations? And we can talk about this for uh, a few minutes. Um, just so everybody knows, we're, we're not gonna close the room right at 11.30, but we because we do want to put this on other platforms, we will sort of wrap up closer to 11.30, but then we can continue the discussion so let's move on to the, uh, the the episode investigations. T. If you want to give us a summary of that, that would be great.
1: Yes, definitely. Thank you. Um, investigations, Star Trek Voyager, season two, episode 20, first aired on the thirteenth of March, nineteen ninety six. Um, so Voyager was the the uh, the continuation of uh, what was it uh, Star Trek Next Generations, right? Uh, so in this episode, Neelix searches for the trailer, I'm sorry, for the traitor aboard the Voyager using his morning news program as Tom Paris undergoes a dangerous mission requiring requiring him to lie and be mean to his crew members. So I chose this episode because it would be a regular whodunit of loyalty and betrayal if they didn't, you know, otherwise give it away early in the plot uh, who the traitor was. So in the end, Neelix figures out that Jonas is the betrayer, and Tom Paris barely escapes from his mission, and he sort of apologizes to his crew, um, to uh, to uh, let him, you know, to to uh, everybody he's been mean to, because of the uh, the subterfuge that he was having to that he was having to do for the mission.
0: Great, Thank you for that. I, I really enjoyed this one. I hadn't seen it before, and uh, not only did I enjoy uh, seeing the the character Tom, played by the same actor who played Nick <laughs> in one of the, the uh, Star Trek Next Generation uh, episodes, so it seems like he's redeemed himself anyway, and I really enjoyed the character of Neelix. Um, so getting to the loyalty and betrayal bit, Tom Paris had to act rude to the people who were his crew members and friends out of his loyalty to Starfleet. And so I wondered whether there was a time when you had to hurt somebody or otherwise act rude in order to remain loyal to some other entity or yourself, maybe. I'll put that to T first, and then the rest of the crew here on stage can answer that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can remember, you know, uh, a time or two when you know somebody uh, wanted to you know wanted to do something. You know, I, I remember one time a, a waitress sat down and put her hand on my leg, and I was like, "Nope, I'm married, right? You got to take that off, right?" And, and I was it, it was very you know abrupt and sort of you know angry and and you know I, it was somebody who was doing it very playfully and innocently and not. Uh, in in a way that was um you know trying to hurt anyone, and I had to be very rude to them in order to remain loyal to you know my girlfriend. and it it really did feel awful, you know in retrospect, I was like, you know I probably could have been nicer about that. Um, it just it was one of those things where I had like that that sort of gut reaction um, because when you know my wife was sitting you know right next to me and, and I, or not not next to me, but across from me. Um, and she she was sort of doing it under the table, and I was like, no, that's not okay so I, I think that you know there there are situations where you know we have to you know really really uh, you know uh, cross certain boundaries I, I see it on clubhouse even um you know where 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 you know there's there's people who end up being you know rude to other people out of loyalty and I think it I think it happens so. It's just one of those situations that I think we're sort of uh pre programmed for, if you will.
0: Well, absolutely. And and yeah, Clubhouse, we we see that all the time. I've fallen into it myself, the sort of tribalism, right? Uh somebody comes in and, and uh doesn't treat your acquaintance or friend like you want them to and, and we bark at them a little bit. Um now that that's a rudeness that in some way is natural, right? Uh, and and your reaction um, was because of your intense loyalty to your spouse. But you weren't faking that rudeness, right? With Tom Paris, he had to fake acting rude to his friends, which I think would have been really difficult in order to, to build this story around him wanting to leave the enterprise. And, uh, you know, that got me thinking, like, have ever done that like sometimes we you know will tell somebody oh i can't make your birthday party because in fact there is no birthday party we've got a surprise thing going the day before or something like that and you feel really bad saying oh i'm not going to be able to make it um when in fact you are going to make it it's just earlier than what they thought or something um i find those things really hard so um so I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't have to see Tom doing that, perhaps in the previous episodes we did. Um, but I'll, I'll put it to the room um, and and maybe we'll go from the bottom uh, and start with Ryan. Um, has there been a time when you had to hurt somebody or otherwise act rude in order to remain loyal or, or keep your commitment to them? Ryan.
2: That's that's a good question. I mean, pro- <clears throat> probably. I just can't seem to
8: recall. But like, I've been rude to people for the wrong reasons, and I've justified it in my mind. So I don't know if if that falls under that situation. Um, <clears throat> because even even the idea of having to be rude to somebody for their own good seems like. Well, you could just tell them the truth and be honest and and let them decide. Right. But the reality is, is that we're selfish creatures and we want to be noble in our own minds and lying is a way that we do that, where we, we spin the narrative to ourselves. Um, I mean, I'm human, so probably I, I, just can't, I can't remember,
0: um, Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. Um, it, it's interesting. There was something that twigged in me with with what you said. I mean, rude, and then you justified it uh, to yourself, and it it just reminded me of uh, it was just a throwback comment that I wanted to say that that it goes back to last week's leadership um, discussion because it felt like Tom sacrificed his reputation for the mission. Because I don't know how he would ever get that back. Um, you know, sure people would be like, "Oh, wow, you did this," but there's still this like niggling hurt if he was being really rude to people. Um, so we'll we'll move on and um and and move to Christy, and I'll I'll ask you this, uh, Christie on Star Trek Sundays, loyalty and betrayal. Was there a time when you had to hurt somebody or otherwise act rude in order to remain loyal?
7: Um, so I'm just gonna own up to the fact that I am ADHD, it says it in my little profile, <laughs> and I happen to know that Ryan, well, is neurodiverse and I believe the director is neurodiverse and I don't know how many other people are, but when people say they just ask a question, like the way you're asking, I have a really hard time with that, but not because you're asking it's because the because you're asking for me to pull up a time in my past where some set of conditions happen and i honestly cannot do that that is just something like what happens is i need to have a cue i need to have somebody else tell a story and then i'll i'll remember something that i'll i'll, I'll have a cue i'll have something to hook and i The way that the question is worded and it's not the way that it's worded. It's not like, I'm not saying the way you're wording it is bad. I'm just saying when people ask me questions like that, I cannot answer because I don't have a hook. I don't have something to remind me of, oh yeah, I, I did something like that because there's not enough in there for me to hook onto so. I actually just can't answer and I'm pretty sure I will be able to answer as more people answer because I think Ryan had trouble also with kind of the same the same thing. Because when you're just saying some at some point in time did you do this, it's like, oh I don't know, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm just I'm just gonna have to pass for now, but I might have something to say later. I hope that makes sense.
0: Oh, Chrissy, yeah, yeah, I know that that really makes sense. And I, I totally appreciate that. I mean, some of these are specific because of the episodes, but, you know, we want to just um, sort of relax and, and explore some of these things as well. So I had other uh, questions. And, and even as, as you just saw, when Ryan said something, it reminded me of of something else. Um, so yeah, we were just talking about loyalty and trust. And and in this episode, um, you know, Tom had to become rude and he pretended to be dissatisfied with his role on the starship in order to be able to say, well, I'm leaving, right? That was, so he had to build this up. And, um, and I, you know, I wondered myself, you know, was there a time where I had to build something up in order to remain loyal? and uh and it it could be it could be any number of things um but uh i i've never had to myself hold on to a, a role right play a role where i had to um be nasty i'm not quite sure that i could do that and and once again this proves that i would not be good with starfleet for sure <laughs> So so with that, maybe I'll move to Charlotte since Charlotte was in the Navy, military. Um, and I know that Charlotte um, has said many times that uh, she really joined for more of a peacekeeping kind of thing. But uh, Charlotte, has there been a time when you had to, to have, I mean, you just said earlier that you had this ongoing uh, lie or deception. Um, but was there a time where you had to... Um, Hurt somebody in order to be loyal if, if you want to share
6: Yeah, um, you know, I, I I mentioned earlier about about lying about my my life or not not disclosing um, With full honesty about about my life uh, when I was in the military there was You know when you're talking about this subject This is one of the first things I thought about with regards to loyalty and and lying is that I was on a CAICO team, which is the Casualty Assistance Call Officers. These are the people that when someone is injured, someone is killed on active duty, that the, the team is, um, there's a team that's, that's um, uh, assigned to uh, connect and be the liaisons with the, with the families, uh, the primary next of kin, and um, in one situation, uh, when I was with the Keiko team. And being the only female on the team was the other thing, is that people always seem to come to me to ask the difficult questions. And one of my first Keiko calls was of a, um, a young sailor who had died after coming home from a Westpac, a Western Pacific tour on his ship. And he was uh, stationed I think in San Diego um, the ship pulled into San Diego, uh, he went to a hotel room and died as a result of autoerotic asphyxiation. Um, he was found in the hotel room with a belt around his neck in the closet. At the time, we were ordered not to discuss the particulars. And um, after, after the funeral services and after we had rendered honors, his mother found me and came to ask me what what it was that, that killed her son. And I had with me the documents that, that stated what his cause of death was. And I couldn't comment. I had orders not to. And it was the most painful experience because I couldn't comment. And what I, I did lie. And I stated that, that I would give her the contact information, the person that, that, that could help her and the, the chaplain uh, corps. Um, but I felt that it was, I felt, I felt really horrible. And I still feel that pang, that, that uncomfortableness because, because the way that you, that she approached me, came to me and just was begging me to tell her the truth about her son's life. And I couldn't say a thing, felt really brutal on, on my part. Um, um, not that it, it would have necessarily eased her pain, but it would have given her an answer as to what had happened. Um, our whole crew knew, knew it and it seems so wrong that, that his, his family didn't know. Um, so anyway, I want to put that out there and just see what other people's opinions are about this experience. Um, and I've never really sought therapy about it. <laughs> Maybe that's a good idea. Um, so anyway, that's a, a moment in time that, that sticks out for me still today. It was it's 30 years ago. And I still remember it like yesterday.
3: I if I could, I would like to speak uh, uh to Charlotte's point.
0: Sure, yeah. Thank you, Charlotte. And yeah, and please. go ahead, director. The director.
3: Yeah, um, I mean two things. First off, um I can imagine the jokes. Um I probably would have participated in the in the jokes. Um but that is Those jokes were would have been a way to um, excuse the pain of finding someone in that situation. You know, whatever the reason was that that the the death occurred instead of well, I guess it was the wrong form of release. Um, But I'm not really sure that his family needed to know that truth. You know what I mean uh but they did choose to die in the way that they died, so um maybe they needed uh, the the humiliation and death that they had desired in life i i or i i you know I don't know, I honestly don't know how that knowledge of how they actually died um needed to be passed on to the family at large you Well, know, that's that's you
6: know, a, the director that's a key is that is the need to know and and the need to know is is pertinent because without that understanding of of what had happened then the stories began and and so with the family they thought that he died because of an error because he was on a secret mission, they started filling in with the stories and why won't the Navy take responsibility and just tell us why he died on the navy's watch and why why won't they be uh, you know uh, oh, it was awful, it was just awful
3: uh yeah, I can see that that's I, uh, what I was going to issue as a as a counter is that we don't tell people we, we training incident happen in the navy at a frequency that boggles the mind uh <laughs> you know uh and most of those air quotes training incidents are not training um you know they're a direct result of performing your job task right so i can understand the sticky wicket pardon the entendre there um that you've that the, you know, like, do you tell someone the embarrassing truth of how they, the ignominiousness of their death, or do you leave them with the idea that they have an unacknowledged gold star son? I don't know.
8: I mean, uh, autoerotic asphyxiation happens because someone reads, oh, you know, a lack of oxygen to the brain. Enhances an orgasm. So it's less about like wanting to be shamed and more so thinking that oh I'm not gonna die. And uh and it's one of those things that can easily become an accidental death, and then you stumble upon a scene like that and think, Well, there must be some darker meaning. There must be some deeper psychological. A cause and sometimes a person just wants to experiment and see if they can enhance an orgasm and it just goes too far.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah, lots of things get experimented and they go too far. <laughs> um, I, I, I get what you're saying. Thank you, Ryan. And this is Christine. Um,
7: it, it's, my heart really goes out to you Charlotte because I I can't imagine how horrible it was to have to keep your mouth shut about what was actually going on when you wanted to comfort her in some way but then also there is this added you know like would it be comforting for her to hear that and I don't I don't know um and and the sad part is, I mean, now I think that the autoeroticism is more well known, but at that time when that happened, I don't think that that was very well known. So it would be even more disturbing, I think, um, than it already is when you don't understand or you don't know um, about what what eroticism even is. And so, I don't know there's just so much to unpack with that particular thing and um i i have never been in a role where i was forced to do something like that um the the situation i'm in now with the the lying is not the same thing at all in that way and and i think if i had to be rude to someone like you were talking about the I don't know if Tom Paris is his name or the, just the name of the character. I think it's the name of the character. Um, but uh, being rude because you quote unquote have to because you're following orders. Like I don't know how I feel about that because I try, I try to treat everyone with respect and um, and even though that is my intent and I try it doesn't happen because of the way that people take things and stuff like that and so it's it's just really fascinating how complicated and complex everything really is so i'm gonna yield my mic thank
6: you
0: well thank you to charlotte the director christie and ryan charlotte did you want to respond to i want to
6: thank everyone for for participating in that 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 discussion um um because yeah it, it, as i said this is a great subject that's that's something that that um i've i've you know at times have have tried to reconcile in my mind and i just coming to the conclusion that i did the best that i could i i i, I took the humanitarian intentions and still brought her to a place where she could talk to the people who had the qualified or, or, well i was qualified too but i was not allowed to share so I couldn't and I so wanted to just tell her you know that that um, something but there was really nothing that I could offer that make her feel better either it just it was just a horrible experience and and accepting that and understanding that that is a role that I'd have to um, participate in became part of that acceptance and struggling to accept that so thank you for sharing everyone
3: yeah I just wanted to offer one quick last thing for charlotte hey first of all um thank you for your service second of all um thank you for being willing to lie about who you were to serve that is a that is twice the sacrifice and third thank you for carrying the burden of that knowledge and holding it but i want you to release the burden you you've shared it here you have no ownership of that situation you did nothing wrong you followed the most moral course that you could make and sometimes we we get inside our own head sideways when that shit just ain't ours
0: Thank you, director. Yeah, you have a a way of saying things. All I was going to say is sometimes the right thing to do still feels shitty.
6: Indeed. (laughs) Thank you all. Thank you all.
0: I'll take this opportunity to let everybody know that Star Trek Sunday's Club has episodes scheduled until mid-December. You can check out the schedule on the Club page and click the notification bell to be notified of the rooms when they open. Also, we have a website that we are updating regularly, which links to our Star Trek Sunday's link tree, listing all the shows with the links to the Memory Alpha pages for each episode. So T, could you give us an update on what you have scheduled for viewing and contemplation for the next couple of weeks?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, next up is the right to life and death on the eighteenth of this month, uh, September. Uh, starting with Et in Arcadia Ego, part two, part of uh, part of Picard, followed by Death Witch, which is uh, uh, Discovery, or sorry, Voyager, rather, um, and then finally the the last one is. Uh, half a Life, in which uh, Walks on a Troy uh, wants to marry someone who needs to commit suicide. Followed by on the twenty fifth, The Calculus of War, with a taste of Armageddon from the original uh, Enterprise, uh, the, the original series, one of my favorites. Yesterday's Enterprise uh, from Star Trek: The Next Generation, and Statistical Probabilities, um, that is from um, uh, uh, DS Nine. Uh, Finally, uh, after that, uh, resistance is futile. The Borg, uh, starting with who, um, from the original, uh, from uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, then Star Trek: First Contact, the movie, and finally assimilation, the episode from. Let's um, see, that's a, uh, uh, Picard. So, really looking forward to those. scheduled all the way out through December. Hope to see you there.
0: Uh, Thank you, T. And and thank uh, you all for participating. Uh, It's always exciting to connect with others who enjoy talking about these themes and these themes in Star Trek. So please reach out if you have any ideas or thoughts on the show. And thanks again. And I'll end with live long and prosper.